Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Shows up. Evil spirits. Evil spirits will want to find a place to inhabit because they don't know, they, they cannot manifest in a tangible earthly world without embodying a body. That's why in the times of Jesus, when Jesus saw some evil spirits in a young man, he, he was going to tell them to leave, and the evil spirit says, please send us into these pigs, because they need a body to inhabit. And you tell them, not my body. Amen. Sophia, not my body. We don't want any any of those disgusting spirits coming in our life, and, and you're going to see tonight that they take you over into, with your body, doing what they want. With your body, doing what they want. Now, we don't have to concern ourselves as the Holy Spirit is, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, so we don't have to uh, worry about them coming to a place where God abides, because the Holy Spirit is not just a person or a spirit, he's God. Amen. And the spirit is not going to come anywhere near where God is. Hallelujah. The only time he comes, these evil spirits, is when God is not. But I, I promise you that with this many people filled with the Holy Spirit, them demons are waiting outside. Hallelujah. They're waiting outside. They won't dare come in here. Light prevails over darkness. And so we're going to get into the Word of God now and have a good time. How many want a good time tonight in the presence of God? Father, we give you thanks for your presence in this place. We give you thanks for the gathering place that you have selected to reveal yourself and to pour out yourself strong. We've already learned that in the house of God is a strong place, is a place of comfort, it's a place of refuge. It's a place, Father God, where we would rejoice and stand above our enemies as you put us on a high rock. Tonight we're in a high place. And we pray, Father God, that as you pour out your presence and your word and your spirit in our lives, that we might garner wisdom, that we might grow in maturity and in the understanding of a world where you have placed us at the head and not the tail. For we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against governors of darkness, in, in realms of wickedness, and that you've given us the authority to cast these spirits out in the mighty name of Jesus. So prosper your word tonight and make us strong and bold and to do our job upon the earth with the infirmity, the spirit of infirmity, the spirit of blindness, the spirit of, of pride, and all these spirits that are out there and the spirits that are celebrating tonight. We pray that you give us the power to rise above darkness and, and be in authority as your sons Prosper this word in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. There are, the reason we talk about evil spirits is not because we're entering into the demonic realm. The Bible, a holy book, opens up evil spirits for us. That's why we know they exist, because the Bible, since a long time ago, over 6,000 years, it's been recorded about these, the nature of these spirits. And so evil spirits are also known as demons. 
Every time you talk about an evil spirit, you're talking about a demon. It's the same thing. They're under the influence of their leader who? Satan. These evil spirits have a leader. His name is Satan. And so we don't want to confuse evil spirits and demons, which are the same thing, with angels, fallen angels. The one-third that were taken out of heaven by Lucifer, who was an archangel. You guys know the Bible, right? He caused one-third of the angels to rebel and to follow him as he tried to usurp the place of God. He wanted to take over heaven. He says, I will place my throne above the throne of God. Everyone who does that, and you could do that with your throne. In my life, I'm the boss. You just walked in the path of Satan because God is God and no one else. He is the head honcho, the God of all creation. He says he had no beginning and no end. And sometimes we say, where do you come from? Those aren't questions we need to ask God. He tells us where we come from. And when you don't allow God to define your existence, you are, listen to me, insane. Mental illness. It's funny that my brother's a psychiatrist and he'll go over to the hospital and the majority of the uh, insane people, they go around saying, I am, who do you think they say they are? Jesus Christ. They want to take the place of God. And that's an evil spirit because they will never take the place of God, neither you, neither I. And let's not challenge existence rebelling against the authority of God, creator of heaven and earth. So we start there. We're not talking about fallen angels. Uh, That's another category that serves Satan also. They're under his leadership also. Fallen angels, those that that followed him out. And so in, in in a short a very short expression of, of where uh, evil spirits come from, where demons come from. Um, just very quickly, in Genesis chapter 6, the Bible says that the angels that fell from heaven had relationships with the daughters of men. And so we'll read that very quickly, not to go too deep into that, but just to give you a start of this expression. And could you put it up there? Yes, there it goes. Genesis chapter 6. This is six chapters into the Bible, and we're seeing there that these uh, angels are now upon the earth, and uh, you can read with me uh, verse 2. Now that the sons, let's start with verse 1. It says, now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and the daughters were born to them. Men were on the face of the earth multiplying, daughters born to them. In verse 2 it says, the sons of God saw the daughters of men. They were beautiful and took them for their wives, uh, for themselves, of all whom they chose. And so God sees the multiplication and the hurriedness of Angels, fallen angels mixing with the daughters of men. And when these offspring die, when the children of the, uh, the sons of God, the angels, and the daughters of men, when, they, when these offsprings die, the evil spirits are upon the earth. And these are those that inhabit it. The mortal body died, but the spirit was remained alive. And these evil spirits uh, in a male function, those that were the, the human angels, you could call them. When the mortal body died, the spirit remained upon the earth. And so they were looking for a place to inhabit, and thus they could only inhabit those places where they found entry. 
And a great part of Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 7, verse 21, we need to deal with this. This is, this is fallen angels mixed with men. The physical body dies. The spirit is upon the earth. And their tendency is to serve Satan. And Jesus, in chapter 7 of Luke, verse 21, in that very hour, he cured many sicknesses. Jesus went about healing those that were sick. I've been healed by Jesus. My sister has been healed by Jesus. My father has been healed by Jesus. A lot of people, I don't know if you've been healed by the Lord, just raise your hand, and that'll be proof that Jesus heals. I want you to look around. Raise your hand. If, come on, so many people? You guys were really sick? Come here, Brandon. Watch, watch Brandon's. We have a microphone here. This is my son, Brandon, who's 15. And, and come here and tell me. Come here. This, this is proof evident that Jesus heals. Tell us how Jesus healed you. And tell the whole context as quick as you can. Um, uh, well, I used to, like, um, used to, like, Disobey and stuff, and I wouldn't like you know. Tell the story about asthma. Asthma? Oh, like the camping trip? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's easy. Uh, See, um, he heals us and we forget. Well, what did he heal with? No, I, I I'll, I'll be calling Omar up here in a second. I remember, um, when I went to a camping trip one time with uh, I think wait, Palmer went, right? Yeah, Omar was there. Yeah, like a whole bunch of people went, like a whole bunch of people in church went. And uh, we went to a place that, um, like, it was, it, all you do is camping and there's no one there. You just by yourself in the woods and you just have your own tent and you camp. And then um, in the middle of the night, it was really cold and it, I, I had an asthma attack. And then um, when I had the asthma attack, I, I just ran to my parents' tent. I couldn't really breathe that much. So then my, my dad was like, oh, man, we have to paddle all the way back to the hospital. And we got to take him there. It take, like, like, maybe like two hours or something. And then he just um, put his hand on, on me and started praying. And when he started praying, right when he said amen, the, I could breathe again, I just fell asleep. And it was perfectly fine. We'll, we'll, we will be here all night if I start letting people come and tell how Jesus healed them. But in that particular instance, we got invited to go up to Peace River. We paddled for two and a half hours, and we set up camp. Night fell. And we had to finish the following morning, go two more hours on that river full of crocodiles, alligators, and get in our cars and go home. But at 3 o'clock in the morning, my, how old were you? Six years old. My six-year-old son is having a massive asthma attack, and here I'm trying to play this in my brain. Get in the canoe, paddle for two and a half hours to get to my car to go to the hospital. Huh? And the car was locked in wherever we were going to get with the canoe. So in the name of Jesus, I prayed for him. And instantly, a real, I mean, we, we usually carry around, you guys that have inhalers and all this stuff and those machines, you don't, you don't have that out there. So if Jesus doesn't heal, we have problems. But he does heal and he continues to heal. And the Bible says, let's go back up to Luke chapter 7. In verse 21, it says, In that very hour, Jesus was healing people of their sicknesses and infirmities, afflictions, and, say with me, and evil spirits. And to many blind, he gave sight. So here we have this 
And, and you know something, we, we need to, when we don't know how to deal with something, we like erase the part of evil spirits. Because, I mean, what is an evil spirit and how do you get rid of it? Listen to me. We need to know what an evil spirit is. Amen. And we need to know what it is in context of who we are and what the spirit of God is and what we're doing. Because I can tell you that I grew up in a house filled with evil spirits. Amen. Filled with evil spirits. And they would either grab my dad, they would grab my mom, they would grab nobody, and everybody was manifesting something very dark that wasn't customary in our home. Something that wasn't invited, something that just came in. And so Jesus was healing and casting evil spirits of these things. Now, in the Bible, that's one verse, but you'll find 50 verses that talk about evil spirits and what they do. And the Bible says that evil spirits will make you deaf and dumb. Some, of, some people are worrying, uh-oh. Deaf and dumb. The evil spirit that comes inside of you would be able to steal your hearing and would make you a deaf, a, a, um, a mute in your ability to express yourself. Mark chapter 9, verse 17. Mark chapter 9, verse 17. This is a, um, the, then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. He doesn't, he's not able to talk. He can't communicate. He can't express himself. Teacher, I have brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it comes, it seizes him and throws him down. And he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth. And becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not. An evil spirit causing a condition to a young man to live not like he wants to. I was watching, the, I was watching a TV program yesterday. There's three people that have a, a condition called FOB. Where they start hardening and hardening and hardening. And they, they're so stiff. They can't even. They, they're just like stone. Turning their bodies into something their bodies weren't created to do. Some illness called FOB. They, they see things. So they're called epilepsy. They see things they call a deaf. He was born deaf. And sometimes it's a spirit. Because I don't know if you read that with me. Uh, back up a little bit. Where it says, um, teacher, my son. I bring you my son who has a mute spirit. It's not that he has a, a, a medical condition. There's something there that doesn't let him talk. And how horrible it is that we might be having situations like a deaf and dumb, you can't hear, can't speak spirit, and all we need to do is say, in the name of Jesus, come out! Amen. Come out! Leave this person alone! How many want to walk in that authority? When you see a spirit, you say, leave him alone. Come out of that young man. And so we who are upon the earth to have the authority to do that are like, oh no, an evil spirit. Annalie. We're not to be scared of an evil spirit because tonight God has given us weapons to, to come against these things. Listen to me. As soon as we finish here tonight, you're going to have an incredible good time as you walk around knowing that God has given you authority to tell these people to leave people alone. Yeah. Leave them alone in Jesus' name. 
And I'll tell you why you can do that. But let's go on a little bit further. In Luke chapter 7, verse 21, we just read that. Let's go to uh, Acts 19.12. Acts 19.12. So that even handkerchief and aprons were brought uh, from his body to the sick, and diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. This is not Jesus now. These are the followers of Jesus that received and believed what Jesus taught them. They were going around praying for the sick. That's one thing, infirmity, disease. So don't get lost on epi- all epilepsy is a demon. There's a disease. There's illness. There's infirmity. But then there's evil spirits. And they were getting rid of both of them in Jesus' name. So don't get unsettled with trying to figure out if a a medical condition is an evil spirit or an evil spirit is a medical condition. Both of them, in the name of Jesus, have to be healed. And we have testimonies, uh, powerful, powerful expressions of God healing our our, our, our mortal bodies so that we can continue to serve him. So there they were. They were praying for the sick. And they were, uh, the diseases were leaving, and also the evil spirits were coming out of them. So don't, uh, could you, could you, we, we talked about a mute spirit. This is an evil spirit. Okay, we're, we're getting into these scenarios. First um, Samuel 28, 7. A familiar spirit. This is another one of the expressions of Satan's servants. Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a fortune teller and a medium that I can go over to her and inquire. Find somebody in that regard so that I can go over and and she will have a spirit. Verse 7. Let's go back up a little bit. Find some woman who is a medium. Somebody who's able to, to reveal things. To be able to communicate with the other side. These are evil spirits that sometimes they imitate um, previous people who have lived. I am your father who passed away. Well, guess what? The Bible says that those who have died cannot communicate with those that are here. So what's communicating? An evil spirit that's imitating somebody who went on before us. The Bible says there's a great chasm between heaven and earth. And so anything that's coming here that feel well, my grandmother showed up to me last night. Guess what? It wasn't your grandmother. My relative that died many years, listen to me. It's an evil spirit. It's taking on something that looks like a family member, a familiar spirit. And in this case, if we keep on reading verse 8, he says that when he found this woman, Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went to the men with him, and they came to the woman by night and says, please conduct a seance for me, start a spiritual scenario for me, and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Verse 9. Then the two women said, look, you know that Saul has done how he has cut off the mediums and the spirits. And they didn't trust him because they knew that he was against this practice as he represented God. Why then do you lay a snare for my life and cause me to die? Why are you setting up a trap so this guy catches me lifting up an evil spirit? And Saul swore by her, uh, to her by the Lord, saying, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. I want you to bring back somebody that's already died. He's going to a fortune teller. So the next verse says, then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he says, I want to talk to the old prophet Samuel. Okay, Samuel, yes, this is me. A familiar spirit. 
Something that embodies somebody who's dead to try and bring forth that expression. And it says, bring for me Samuel. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul saying, why have you deceived him? For you are Saul. She found out he was the king. Next verse. And the king said to her, do you not be afraid? What did you see? And the woman said, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. And he said to her, what is his form? And she said, an old man is coming and he's covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived, he thought it was Samuel, and stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down, began to conduct a relationship with an evil spirit. You're only supposed to do one thing with the evil spirit. In Jesus' name, get out of here. You're not supposed to talk to him. You're not supposed to say, wow, I want to hear what you have to say. Could I write down your words? There's a man right now, his name is Neil Walsh. And he was very depressed and very angry, very suicidal, and got mad and started yelling at the top of his mouth in his house. And a voice started speaking to him, and he started writing down everything the voice said, an evil spirit. And he wrote a book called Conversation with God. It wasn't God, because God has only written one book. God has his word in one book. It's the bestseller of all times. It's when you go to prison, when you have cancer, when you have a condition, that's the book you grab, and that's the book that helps you find God, and it heals you, and delivers you, and sets you free, and if you're insane mentally, it'll make you sane. I had a testimony there. I was insane, and God just healed this mind of all the confusion, healed this of all the craziness, put everything in order. Now, the Bible says in Mark 9, 25, that there's something such as a foul spirit. A foul spirit is like never allows you to hit the baseball in fair land. It's always foul. It's outside of the boundaries of God. Foul means away from what God wants. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit and said the same thing, foul and unclean, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. So here we see Jesus in every place, in every expression, casting demons out. And I'll tell you why we're sharing this tonight a little bit. Not only because it's Halloween and everybody out there doesn't know about spirits, but we in here, God is opening up his heart to teach us. And so this person tells me, we were at the airport going to Richmond, and we're wearing our Changing the World shirts. I have it under my sweater. It says Changing the World. And one of the businessmen that were there were saying, Changing the World? That means you guys don't break rules. That's boring. That's what he said to us. And so Joy, I was on the phone. If I would have heard that, I, I don't know what I would have done, but I would have I talked to him. But George Caracol tells him, and, and he traveled with me to Richmond, and he says, well, I had a 17-year drug addiction to cocaine, and my family was divorcing and changing the world and coming to God, got rid of my 17-year drug addiction and healed my marriage. And restored my family. So I don't think that's boring. And so, but that was the best answer we could come up with at the time. But then we go to Richmond and we talk to Wellington. And we say, Wellington, this happened at the airport in Miami. Some guy came up to George Carrico and says, changing the world. You don't break rules. You must be boring. And then Wellington goes, you should have told him, what if I cast that ugly spirit out of you right now? Do you think that would be boring? (laughs) I like that answer better. How many like that answer better? Because when an evil spirit is talking to us, we have the authority to say, you know, buddy, get out of here. You know, you got to come out of that body. You got to come out of. And then he followed up by saying, he said, not only could you have told him, how about if I cast that demon out of you right now? Would that be boring? But he also said, because you got to quit that effeminate spirit. 
When a man is not acting like a man, he's acting like a woman. And he's not standing up to keep the standard of God, so he has to break the rules. He's a wimp. You can say amen. amen. You can say amen. That's Wellington Boone. If a man is not standing up to be a man, how God created him to keep the standard of God, then he's less of a man. He's effeminate. He's walking away from his manhood. And so it's very important that we would understand these spirits. Now, uh, 2 Chronicles 18.20. 2 Chronicles 18.20. We'll see another expression. Here, the Bible talks about a lying spirit. And a spirit came forth and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? I will persuade him in what way? Verse 21. So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophet. How many have seen a lying spirit come into your mouth and cause you to lie? He's using your mouth to lie, to not tell the truth. That's called the lying spirit. You don't want to let that in your life because he'll tell you you're ugly. He'll tell you your parents stink. He'll tell you the church is boring. It was funny because Wellington Boone, I was up there with him, and we're at church, and he says, you young people, don't come to church and say it's boring because I see you go outside to the parking lot. You turn on your radio and you're like getting it on. <laughs> and then in church you're like, he says, come like your pastor, Calvin Duncan. He's going to come too. Pastor Calvin Duncan. He dances in the presence of God and he shouts and screams so much. He has to bring an extra pair of clothes to the church because he's going to dance at church. And we dance at this church. We dance at this church. We're going to dance. And I always see cheerleaders, and I see people out in nightclubs, and I see them at the, radio, at the airports, and they're dancing. I said, hey, come here. Do you do that at church? So if you do it out here, you got to do it in church because you you got you to dance before the presence of God. So here it was, a lying spirit. Let's read that verse again. Put it back up there. Spirit, verse 21. So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophet. And the Lord says, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Verse 22. So therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets of yours, and the Lord has declared disaster against you. Now, for some of us, it's weird that the Lord would be sending a lying spirit. But listen to me. All spirits, including the fallen angels, including Satan himself, serves the king of kings. And when they're doing something, they have to ask God. In Job chapter 1, verse 6, it was here Satan came before the throne of God, and he was there, and the demons were there, and they said, hey, have you noticed? There was one day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. So the spirits are coming, and here comes Satan. And verse 7, it says, and the Lord said to Satan, where you come from? And Satan answered, from going here and there. I have no direction. I have no purpose. I have no obedience. That's usually a good sign you're a son of the devil. You're going nowhere with no instruction and no obedience. You're just doing your thing. And so he says, I'm just walking around and going back and forth. So verse 8 says, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, blameless and upright, one who fears God. One thing is being right with God and shunning evil. A lot of us fear God, but we approach evil. You are going to be a righteous man when you fear God and walk away from evil too. You don't chummy up to bad things. And we go to church, but when we're not at church, we're not hanging out with the wrong people. That's, that's these guys do. Okay, so verse 9, it says, So Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Man, you bless his socks off. 
He, he fears you because you treat him so good. And so here it is in verse 10. Have you not made a hedge around him? This is what God has done. He's put a, a hedge of protection around us, around his household, our families, around all that he has on every side, our cars, our possessions, our bank accounts. Can't be touched. Can't touch this. Down, down, down. Can't touch this. That's where it comes from right there. God says, you can't touch anything. And so he says, you have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. The guy prospers. He's abundant. But now stretch your hand out and touch all that he has, and he shall surely curse you to your face. Verse 12. So the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. See, he had to ask for permission. Had to ask for permission. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord, and you guys know the rest of the story, how he begins to bring all sorts of destruction on him. Bible talks about in the last days seducing spirits, unclean devils, the spirit of the Antichrist. 1 John 4.3. This is very powerful. I want to read this to you. We can start reading in verse 1. 1 John. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit. Who is talking to you, my friend? Who is talking to you, and what emotions are they erupting in your life? If you listen to a spirit of depression, guess what you're going to become? So you're not supposed to be depressed. I asked the men on Tuesday night last night, is being happy normal or being depressed normal? You answer. Happy is normal. Because if you're depressed, you're going to get antidepressants and you'll be declared mentally ill and they'll put you in a hospital. And the number one cause for, dep- uh, for death last year in the United States, depression. People committing suicide because of depression. Is that the spirit of the Lord or the spirit of Satan? It's an evil spirit. So if you're letting that come into your life, if you're, you're he's, don't get out of bed today. Okay, I'm not going to get out of bed. Make sure that you don't talk to anybody, especially pastors. Stay away from pastors. If you're listening to spirits and doing what they say, Romans 6, 16, and we'll go there now, but let's finish reading this. Do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits. Hey, what, what are you t- where are you leading me with what you're telling me? Where am I going to end up if I follow you? What's going to be the... And it says, whether they are of God, because many false voices have gone out into the world. Verse 2. Verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. It's every spirit that says that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Everything that validates Christ. The Spirit of Christ is a powerful spirit. And the other spirits don't want to know about it because it will cast out. Verse 3. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus as Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. That's another spirit. A spirit that will tell you that Jesus is not the way. A spirit that is Antichrist. Why is he Antichrist? Because he's going to get kicked out. He can't do his work. When the spirit of Christ is there, the the spirit of Antichrist cannot be there. Uh, Romans 8.15 talks about a spirit of bondage. 8.15. Have you ever met somebody that they're like tied up and they can't do what they need to do? I mean, they're not tied up physically, but they're tied up in their capacity to do and obey God. So you did not receive the spirit of bondage. You're not under captivity. 
to fear. I can't do nothing, man. I'm all bound up. But you have received a spirit that says that you're the son of God. And that is a powerful spirit, not only that when Jesus was walking down the road, they said, oh, no, you are a son of God. The evil spirits would cry and screech. They couldn't, they couldn't stand the very presence of Christ. These are spirits of bondage. In 1 Corinthians 10.10, it talks about a spirit of death. People that are always contemplating death. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Why are you discussing that? Why, why, are you ta- why are you making a cult to death? And Halloween is a celebration to death. It's, it's, it's all these ghosts. I, in, my, in my neighborhood, somebody put like a skeleton trying to break through the ground and put a head and then some arms and some legs like sticking out of a skeleton. And I'm like, that's, that's death, man. What, what fun is there in my neighborhood of, of a skeleton trying to get out, man? Go back in. I don't want to celebrate death. I don't, want to, I don't want to go see no Dracula movie, no Twilight. I don't want to see anything that has, reminds me that I'm, I'm not alive. I'm alive, boy. I'm alive. Amen. I'm alive. I want death out of my life. When death comes in your life, everything starts falling apart. It's not the spirit of God. That's why we say no to abortion. Today I went to go vote. No to abortion. I'm not going to bring death in my life. I'm going to get death out of my life. I'm not going to invite it into my home. I'm not going to have skeletons hanging from my walls. I'm not going to be promoting death in my family. Uh, I want to tell you that death, the spirit of death, say with me, separation. Separation. That's what death means. The wages of sin is death. If you become sinful with a friend, if you become sinful in your family, you're going to be far from your loved ones. A husband that sins against his wife is separated. A wife who sins against her husband is separated. Children who, who sin against their parents will be far from home because the wages of sin are? And death means? Separation. And so you don't want to sin. You don't want to sin against your wife, your husband, your church. You don't want to sin against your pastor. You'll find yourself very far. The Bible says that Saul continued on in his path and the spirit of the Lord never showed up again. What do you think showed up? Anyone want to tell me? An evil spirit. Spirit of air, 1 John 4, 6. You can never hit the bullseye. You can never do what you're supposed to do. 1 John 4, 6. We are of God and we know that he who knows God hears us. And he who is not of God does not hear us. And by this we know the difference between somebody walking in the spirit of God and the spirit of error. error. Do you know people that don't listen to truth? You know some of those guys? That you want to teach them truth and they want to, they want to err. So don't tell me what I'm supposed to do. It's because they, they don't want to walk in truth. They want to walk in an error. And it's a spirit, my friends. It's a spirit. We don't fight against flesh and blood. God taught us that our, we're, we're engaged in, in something that requires an armor. Spirit of whoredoms. Hosea chapter 4 verse 12. If, if you're, you're, you're giving your body over to act like a prostitute. A prostitute is trying to sell themselves off. And they'll usually use their body. They're exchanging uh, their body and their looks for relationships. My people ask counsel from their wooden idols, and their staff informs me, informs them. For the spirit of harlotry has caused them to stray, and they have played the harlot against God. They're having other relationships that God hasn't sanctioned. If I was cheating on my wife, that would be an adulterous spirit. 
I'm having a relationship with somebody that I'm not supposed to be in relationship with. You're not supposed to be in relationship that is not authenticated by the Spirit of God. Very important. Proverbs 16, 18, the spirit of haughtiness. There's people that, that they cannot walk in humility. The spirit God has given us is one that gives us the fruit of humility. It gives us, it says, pride goes before destruction. A proud attitude is first, and then comes destruction. I don't need nobody, I don't care, and then you're destroyed. And then it says, a haughty spirit before a fall. If you let a haughty spirit direct you, he's going to direct you where? To a fall. You're not going to go where God, God wants to lift you up. And so don't allow a haughty spirit, a spirit that is not one of humility. Acts 16, 16. There's some people that I meet around the world and they say, I got this thing, I could tell what's going to happen. I just know what's going to happen. And since I was two years old, I would tell my mom, mom, we're going to crash. And then we would crash. And I have this thing. I just know what's going to happen in the future. The Bible talks about now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit because she could tell the future. What did she have? A spirit of divination. She knew the future. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It wasn't discernment. It wasn't prophetic gift. It was an evil spirit. And verse 17 says that being possessed of that spirit, the girl followed Paul and us and cried out, These are men of God. They're servants of the Most High God. They proclaim the way of salvation to us. And the disciple says, Hey, you come out in Jesus' name. Verse 18. She was telling the future. And this she did for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed, like Wellington Boone, how about if I cast that spirit of you? turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and he came out at that very hour. It's powerful. Who did it? Paul, a servant of God, with the authority of God. He was, he was bothered. He's not going to let no evil spirit be proclaiming things that they're not to. A spirit of jealousy, Genesis, uh, Numbers chapter 5, verse 14. I don't know if you have that spirit. You can't have friends because you're jealous of all the friends. If, if you talk to anybody else, you're not my friend. That's a spirit of jealousy. You're not to have that spirit. The more the merrier. We're friends with everybody. If the spirit of je jealousy comes upon him and he becomes jealous of his wife who has defiled herself, or if the spirit of jealousy comes upon him and he becomes jealous of his wife, all she has not, uh, and she has not defiled herself. Men, how many miles did you drive today? How much gas was in your car? And who did you talk to? What did you say? And where, what did they say? That's a spirit of jealousy. And the spirit of God is a spirit of, of we know that, that God is for us and not against us. We're not walking in that spirit. So you see all these. There's Luke chapter 13, verse 11. It says, the spirit of infirmity. There's even a spirit that's sick. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. How many would like to carry around a spirit on your back for 18 years causing you an illness? So we understand what they're doing. And she bent over and could in no way raise herself. She was, she was suffering the afflictions of a spirit of infirmity. Verse 12. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself and said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Get that, get that out of your life in Jesus' name. You're not going to bow down to a spirit. If you wake up in the morning and a spirit starts talking to you, make sure it's the Holy Spirit. 
There's a, there's a fruit of joy and of peace and of security and, and a hope. That's what, that's what the Spirit of God brings upon you. And so many times we're curtailing a spirit of infirmity. 2 Timothy 1.7, he says, For God has not given you a spirit of fear. Well, if he didn't give us a spirit of fear, what does he give us? He gives but of power, love, and a sound mind. He's not good. Don't do, don't do anything based on fear. You have purpose. You're walking in purpose. Whatever's taking place, you pray in Jesus' name. It says sometimes we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, I cast this spirit out. I eliminate it. I cut it off at the legs. I, I, I chop off its arms. I cut up its fingers. Just get that out of your life in Jesus' name and the authority of Jesus. Now, if you try to do that in any other name, you're going to be very impressed. You're going to be really freaked out when those spirits start there and, and answer you like they did some men here in the book of Acts. I want to read it to you real quickly in, in chapter uh, Acts of 19 and verse 15. You come up to a spirit, you say, come out in the name of my abuelita. Come out in the name of Santa Barbara. And you're sitting there challenging the spirit. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who is Abuelita? Who are you? How dare you tell me to move when you have not walked in the power of God's name? When you disobey Jesus Christ? How dare you come and want to kick me out of my house when you have not even listened to the voice of Christ? And so the Bible says here in verse 16 that when they, the evil spirits answered, the men in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, and they fled out of that house naked and all beat up. You're going to try to cast out a spirit. It wants to know if you're being obedient to God. Because you're not going to cast out a lying spirit when you're a liar. You're not going to cast out a dark spirit when you're inviting dark spirit in. You can't cast out a spirit when you're walking in the same spirit. And so it's important that we would know that we have a Holy Spirit. And for, I remember I was a youth pastor, and all the youth, there was like 50 young people, and they were all messing up and messing around. And I said, Lord, how come if I come with your spirit, the evil spirits are there? I don't understand that. And so I prayed real hard. I said, Lord, next time I go to that youth group, I was at Flody's house. I want to see the evil spirits run. And so I came down, I sat down, I started tuning my guitar, and this girl ran. And she went back to the bathroom, and I was like, that's weird. And I started playing my guitar, and the man of the house, who wasn't a Christian, he comes, he says, he followed her to the bathroom. And she was in the ground, and he goes, excuse me, is there something wrong with you? He thought she was throwing up or something. She was sick. And she went around. She went, Aah. it was an evil spirit. And he turned white and ran to go get me. So he comes back. He goes, hey, pastor, there's an evil spirit in the bathroom. <laughs> and I wasn't going to stop playing the guitar because there was 50 young people there. And then the, the, the evil spirits like to disrupt. They like to distract. And I'm not going to let no evil spirit take the lead. So I kept on worshiping God, and I told the youth pastor next to me, I said, hey, there's an evil spirit in the bathroom. Go cast it out. <laughs> so he went over there and started praying, and it got really loud in there because we're going to see the evil spirits. They went on come out. Aah! 
And I started singing louder. Our God is an awesome God. And I didn't want everybody to hear the screaming, the exorcism going in the back. So then I turned to the other guy and said, hey, brother, I think he needs help. Go over there to the bathroom. There's an evil spirit. <laughs> Go to the bathroom and cast that thing out. So half hour later, I saw that the screaming subsided, and the guys were coming back, and they sat down next to me, and they were singing the disciples. And I said, okay, they're done. And then the little girl came out. She was 14 years old. And her face was like an angel. It was, it was like she had a smile on her face, and she had so much peace. And so after the service, I came up to her. I go, man, you should be real glad that that thing is gone. And she goes, yeah, I am. I never want that to come back. I go, you better close the doors, and you better stop opening and giving an opportunity for Satan in your life, an evil spirit. And she goes, what are you talking about? I go, yeah, there's things that open doors in our lives for evil spirits to come in. When you're doing the occult witchcraft, when you are... Uh, engage in seances, when you're engaged in, in things that don't please God, rebellion, when you're we're doing, and she says, you know something, every time my mom, she tells me that I'm supposed to go to my room, and I get mad I can't go out on the weekend, I'll go in the garage, and I'm, I play drums, she used to play drums for Braddock High School, and I play them loud, and I'm upset, and I'm playing loud rock music, I go, that's a big door, that's a big door, you want to close that one, you don't want to do that no more. She went home, and her mom saw her face, and she says, well, how, did you, how did you get fixed? And she goes, I went to this house, and they prayed for me, and something just came out. And so her mom came the following week and wanted to get to know what was going on. And so this is why we're upon the earth. Uh, one time, uh, we had just started the church, and a big man called me. He says, hey, they gave me your phone number. I said, yeah, good. Uh, I called Alpha and Omega, and they say that you, are, uh, you help young people. I said, yeah, we help young people. He goes, I'm demon-possessed. I said, well, come to church on Tuesday night. We'll pray for you. So all of a sudden, Tuesday night comes. This guy's like a football player, six foot five, super tall. I go, oh, no. So we had the service, and after the service, we call him. I think, Kenny, were you there? No, you hadn't come yet. Jose Palma was there, uh, Jose Red, Joey. Man, this is like Paul Bunyan and the lily pads. <laughs> One guy grabbed his hand. I said, you grab his hand, and you grab his foot. And there was 15 guys, and they were all on top of Peter. And I said, you guys ready? And he says, yeah, okay. In the name of Jesus, come out! And, For two and a half hours, demons were coming out. Spirits were coming out. This guy was throwing up. He was rolling on the ground. And so after two and a half hours, I was just tired. I said, guys, just go ahead and finish them off. <laughs> I sat down. I was like, Lord, why don't they come out? You know what the Lord told me? I'm training these guys like a lion trains his cubs how to come against the prey, how to challenge a hunt, how to go after demons, because we are demon busters. Amen. We got the power to cast out the devils of every house wherever we go. So Peter got free. He got delivered, and he went, and some girl called him and says, hey, um, I have this problem, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like, Bleh. And he goes, well, go over there because they'll pray for you. And so one day, I, it's Thursday night, and we're playing the guitar. Oh, God. Is it? It's the only song I know. Okay. <laughs> and this girl comes to the door, and when the door opened, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the trailer to the fire starter, the little girl. That's what I saw. I saw, a little, I saw this woman over there. Her hair was like, and she was like, and then her mom was coming after, like, shaking, and, and they come in. I go, oh, no. 
I knew that God wanted to deliver her. So she sat down. I was playing the guitar. And I said, if I sing one more song, I know that she's going to freak out. Because demons cannot stand the presence of God. They cannot stand it. If you could, can you say hallelujah tonight? Hallelujah. No demon could see it, say that. No demon could say hallelujah. And so I, I, I put my guitar down and I said, come here. And we went to the back room and I said, you know something? You got a serious problem. <laughs> and she goes, I know. <laughs> she goes, what's my problem? I go, um, you're demon possessed. <laughs> and she says, I know, but nobody believes me. I said, well, look, Jesus brought you to the right place. And if you want, I'll pray for you, and those things got to leave. And she goes, I want to. I want to. And so the mom was like, oh, great, I got two crazy people here. <laughs> and I said, mom, could you go sit outside while I pray for your daughter? And I brought uh, one of the sisters from the church, and we started praying for that evil spirit to come out. And see, sometimes when they're trying to express themselves and come out, they want to distract you. So in the middle of praying for her in Jesus' name, and she was twirling, and she was throwing up, and her eyes were going back, and, she was, and then all of a sudden she turns to the woman that was there in the room, and she goes, I can beat you up. <laughs> see, they want to distract. The issue of casting out a demon is not a, a wrestling match. You're not to fight the person. Okay. <laughs> no. Here's what happened. The lady that was with me had never done that before, and she goes, oh, no, you can't. <laughs> like saying, you want to fight? And I go, excuse me, we're not to fight with people. We're to cast demons out. So we prayed for her for two and a half hours. She got healed, and she got set free. She came out with peace in her face, smile on her, on her, on her mouth, and her mom was looking at her like saying, wow. Her dad was a professional tennis coach and came down from New York, from the New York Open. And when he saw his 31-year-old daughter... This, girl, this woman, uh, he says, how did that happen to you? She goes, I went to a church and a, a pastor prayed for me and he cast the spirits out. And he goes, I want to have dinner with him. So he invited us to keep his gain and we talked to him about the Lord and he received Jesus Christ as his Lord. And then he said like this, can I bring all my tennis players so you could get the demons out? Can you please pray for all my tennis players so they too, because they, they come from a lot of stuff in their childhood, and you pray for them. And we did, and many of them came to the Lord. It was powerful. And so you'll see that God wants to use us in this field, not out of fear. God wants to use us out of strength. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, it says, when he arrived at the other side of the country of the gatherings, there was a people there. And there he met two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. They were, they were super violent. Nobody could go through that path. And behold, verse 29, suddenly they cried out with shrieks saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus, you, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before our time? So and understand, these, these, they know when we're around and they are scared of us. They're freaking out because all we have to do is turn around and say, in Jesus' name, you come out. And so that's what was going on in that situation. And Jesus came up and they said, you, Jesus, son of God, have you come before time to torment us? And he says, um, now at the some distance uh, from there drove many hogs were grazing. In verse 31, and the demons begged, if you drive us out, send us into the pigs. 
Send us into the wine. Permit us to go into that body. And he said to them, Be gone! So they came out and went into the hogs. And behold, the whole drove rushed down a steep bank into the sea and died in the water. They weren't able to influence the men towards death, but they influenced all the pigs to die. And the herds fled and went into town and reported. This is, I want to talk about this just very briefly. As they reported, verse 33. Then those who kept these hogs fled and they went into town and told everything, including what happened to the demon-possessed men. And verse 34, and the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and soon as they saw him, they begged him to depart from their locality. Listen, some people would rather live with demons than with Jesus. Isn't that scary? They're saying, you came and got the demons out of our house, but we want you out of our house. Because some people think that craziness is more normal than non-craziness. And that's, that's the picture of our day. There's more people that would rather be out there doing something with evil spirits than in here being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being in here with the peace of God. Being in here becoming the world-changing warriors that God has called those that follow him. How do you become a world changer? You follow a world changer. And you do what he does. And Jesus went about healing the sick and delivering people from their evil spirits wherever they were. I praise God for my... For, for my coming to Jesus at a time that I needed a lot of unclean spirits out of my life. Mark chapter 1 verse 23. You know, these demons, they go from generation to generation. Our great, great, great grandfather, our grandfather, our father, our us, our children, our grandchildren, our great grandchildren. They want to pass from body to body from each generation. And so you got to be careful what those generational curses and spirit comes on you. Lest one day you wake up and you say, oh, I feel like I'm John F. Kennedy. Oh, I'm Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> no, you have the spirits that were in those people. Those spirits embodied those people and now are coming to look for uh, your life. A man who has the feelings. I've, I've met men who says, well, inside this body, I just feel like I'm a man. I go, no, that's a feminine spirit inside of you. Come out in Jesus' name. Well, I'm just a tough guy. You know. No, you are a woman. And in Jesus' name, get that spirit off of you. Amen. And I've seen people come un, set free from those spirits in the spirit of God. And you see the countenance. You see the face. You see the glow. Really powerful. I remember one time, we didn't even know this existed. It was early on in our Christian experience. We were Christians probably like three months. And my dad says to the pastor, can you, can you come to our house on Saturday and give us Bible studies? And he says, yeah, I'll come on Saturday. I'll give you a Bible study. So I was 16 years old. This is almost 30 years ago. And I was like, Christianity's boring. These people want to get into religion. I was a rebellious guy. And then Saturday morning, I hear a knock on the door. And I run over. It was somebody that was coming to the meeting. And I opened the door, and it was an angel. Ah! It was a good-looking girl. I said, hey, man, Christianity's good. <laughs> and so they brought her into the house, and we all had a Bible study. It was the first Bible study we were in. And all of a sudden, the girl says, I'm here to see the pastor. I said, come on in. Come on in. I'm here to see the pastor, too. And so when the pastor got there, they took her into a room, and he, she talked to the pastor. And he says, well, you know something she said in the room? I didn't know that at the time, but she says, you know something? I'm demon-possessed. I got a spirit in me. When I look in the mirror, it's laughing at me. And I know that that's not normal. 
And so he says, well, I'll, I'll stay here, and after we finish with the Bible study, we'll go to church, and I'll pray for you. So uh, we finished the Bible study uh, about an hour later, and we all stand up, and we all grab our hands and made a circle. And we're all praying. And all of a sudden, this girl goes head first into the ground, and I said, she fainted. And then she turned around. <sighs> we ran. We just ran. The pastor knew what he was doing, so the pastor kneeled down and put his hand on her head and said, in Jesus' name, you got to come out. My dad ran to the doors. It's coming this way. <laughs> I want you out of my house. It was the first time we had ever seen the power of Jesus Christ setting free somebody like that. And she got totally set free right in front of our eyes. And me and Leanne were in the kitchen. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Because <laughs> the Bible says when those things come out, they try to find a place to be at. And so it's important that we would be filled with the presence and the praise of God. And here it was, these men were, were crying out. Let's, let's see if we could get a little bit going here. We're about to finish. Um, how many praise God for tonight, amen? Yeah. Really powerful. Let's give a hand to the Lord. Sometimes we got to practice at this stuff. We're not going to get good. It's almost like anything you do, you got to learn, and practice makes perfect. So you guys go out there and just start casting demons out of everybody. Luke chapter 9, verse 37. No, verse 39, I'm sorry. The, the, the man is talking to Jesus, and he says, my son has an evil spirit on him, and it causes him to be thrown, uh, and, and he's full of sores. Behold, the spirit seizes him, and suddenly he cries out, and he convulses, and foams at the mouth, and it departs from him with great difficulty. It leaves him, bruising him, all beat up. In verse 40, it says like this, So I implored your disciple. I asked Jose Palma to cast them out. People want us and expect us, if we're the sons of God, to have authority over demons and spirits. And so I've asked your disciples to cast them out, and they could not. And so Jesus turns to his disciples and says, I can't believe you guys. And Jesus answered and said, Oh, faith, faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. This is not a, a big matter. Just bring him over here. And the Bible says that as they brought the son and he was still coming and the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. Can we do that? Can we start doing that? Come on, raise your hand. Say, I'm going to start becoming a warrior for God. I'm going to start walking in the power of God. Now, you got to be careful because sometimes you think something's a spirit that's not a spirit. I'm going to tell you a story real quick, and this will show you. We, we used to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to pray real early in the morning. My parents would say, come on, let's go pray. So I used to sit on the ground. We used to pray, but I was dead tired. And so like five minutes down the road, I was like. <laughs> I started snoring and fell asleep. So my dad's sitting across from me, and he's praying, and he rolls up his sock, and he throws it at my head <laughs> to wake me up. And I go, <laughs> And I started laughing because I go, man, he's waking me up. This is funny. And I closed my eyes and I, I started going, I fell asleep and he woke me up with the song. And I'm, I'm laughing in prayer. So after the prayer service, the pastor of the church came up to me and goes, Joaquin, come here. I got to talk to you. I go, yeah, pastor, what's going on? He goes, you know, this morning at prayer, um, we were praying and I, I saw an evil spirit on you. I go, really? He goes, yeah, it was laughing. I go, no, pastor, that wasn't an evil spirit. Let me tell you, my dad was throwing socks at people that were sleeping this morning. So I was laughing. So sometimes we think something's an evil spirit. It's not. We got to be careful. Amen? Because sometimes we're rebuking. Come out, devil! It's not the devil. It's the Holy Spirit. 
You got to be careful, okay? Make sure it's the devil before you cast it out. And um, really powerful, really powerful. Let's finish up here because we're, we're running real short on time. Yeah, this is, this is sad what, what, what evil spirits are able to do on people and how they're able to, to move. Mark 16, verse 9. There was a woman in the times of Jesus. She became his number one disciple. She was Mary Magdalene. And the Bible says, and they would call her, it says, now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. This is after the resurrection, after Jesus came back after the cross. And, and the first to appear was Mary Magdalene. She was so grateful to have spirits cast out of her that she was always a faithful believer and follower of Jesus Christ. This is the Mary Magdalene out of whom Jesus had cast seven demons. Okay, so let's not get all riled up about the fact that Jesus delivered us from demons. When George Caracol got to the church, he had a 17-year addiction to cocaine. You cannot get rid of a 17-year addiction to cocaine without withdrawals and without health issues. And in one second, without screaming, without shouting, those spirits never came back. He didn't never have to go back to cocaine. He never had to go back to his drug addiction. The power of God. When we're in the presence of the Lord, Luke 4.41, and demons even came out of many people, screaming and shouting, you are the son of God. Demons came out, crying and crying out loud, you are the son of God. And he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. Really powerful how the Lord is doing this. In Acts chapter 8, verse 7, it says, for spout Foul spirits, unclean spirits came out of many who were possessed by them, screaming and shouting with a loud voice, and many who were suffering from brain damage, palsy, and were crippled were restored to death. I mean, um, restored to health. I want to uh, touch upon these, this uh, particular verse. People would freak out when they were seeing Jesus. Mark chapter 1, verse 27. They were all astonished and also terrified, and they kept questioning when he would cast out spirits. The the people were saying, how do they do this? And they were amazed so that they questioned among themselves, what is this? What new teaching is this? What new religion? For with authority, he he commands even the unclean spirits to obey him. You could, you could bring things that are causing people to drink out of the gutter. And Wellington Boone says, I'm gutter and I'm ghetto. He's both. And God set him free. What authority? Luke 4.36. They were all amazed. And they said to one another, what kind of talk is this? Everybody's talking, but this guy's talking with power. This guy's talking with something good. I don't see anybody casting out demons and casting out evil spirits. What word is this? For with authority and power, he commands unclean spirits to come out. We were doing a TV program about 10 years ago, and I was, I was preaching, and this guy called me on the phone. He says, you know something? I was listening to you on TV. I couldn't stop smoking marijuana. I couldn't stop smoking pot. And since I heard your program on TV, I have had no desire for pot. There must be a a pot demon. There must be a a spirit that leads you to go do drugs. 
In James chapter 2, verse 19, it says, You believe in God, you do well. The demons also believe and they shake. Demons believe and they shake. When they hear the name of Jesus, they shake. You could go, come out in the name of the frog I have in the backyard. Nothing. Come out in the name of Harry Potter. Nothing. You're going to get filled with more demons, with more evil spirits. You haven't seen any, any movie made of a young man going around with the power of the Holy Spirit casting demons out, have you? See, they won't go there. They don't want to give you the, the secret. And the Bible says this in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. You read it with me. It says, these signs will follow those that believe. These signs will be the, what you see following those who believe. In my name, they will cast out. Demons. That's part of our, our, our carrying card. Like Wellington Boo says, how about if I cast that demon out of you? You think that's funny? Think that's boring? I'm going to cast out that demon. I want to share that in Judges chapter 9, verse 23, God sends an evil spirit to affect a man. He says, evil spirit, I want you to go and jump on that man. God sent a spirit of illness, an ill will, bad reputation between Amalek and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. Go and stir these people up to be confused. You say, does that God do that all the time? I want to show you in, in Corinthians where Paul says, and it's very important that you would know this, Paul says that the Lord has, so that I wouldn't get too proud, the Lord sent an evil spirit to, to beat me up sometimes. So that, let's read that very carefully. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. This is an evil spirit that was sent to Paul to... And then Paul would run back to Jesus. It's almost like a shepherd who has dogs. And one little sheep goes astray. He goes, hey, tiger, go bite his heel. And so the demon will come and start biting the heel. He goes, I'm going back to Jesus, man. Some guy came one day, and it was in the middle of the night, and uh, this is related to somebody in our church. He was smoking pot with somebody, and an evil spirit manifested in the guy he was smoking pot with, and he saw a demon, and he ran back to church. He says, Pastor, yeah, this weekend I was smoking pot, man, and that spirit was there, and I'll never go back. So spirits, and he says here, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, lest so that I should not be exalted above measure by the abundance of that which I knew about God, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, say with me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. When you go out of the boundaries of God, that God will have something to go, Murf! get back to the pastor, get back to church, get back to the place. And so God will send evil spirits to deal with us and pastor us back in Psalm 78, verse 49, the Bible says that God let loose fierce, fierceness of anger. He was upset. He was wrathful. He was indignant and distressed. And he sent a mission. 78, verse 49. Verse 49. He cast on them fierceness of his anger, wrath, indignation, and trouble, sending out angels of destruction among them. Sending out to do the work so that we could come back to God. We know about that. We don't want to be far from God. So tonight, I want you to stand with me, and I want you to call upon the Spirit of the Lord.
And I want you to be filled with that spirit so powerfully that you'll give no room for the devil to fill your life. You'll give no room for the devil to have access to your thoughts. You won't be conversing. And, and my favorite, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Colossians 2.15. We'll finish with this. Lord, after he raised from the dead, went down to the depth of hell. And he told the devil, it's over. Give me the keys. You, you're not in authority no more. And the Bible says this, having disarmed the principalities and the powers, when you disarm something, you're cutting off its arms. So imagine going into a boxing ring to b- fight a boxer that has no arm. Who's going to win? Unless he's headbucking, right? <laughs> a devil with no arms. He lost his feet in the Garden of Eden. Remember what the devil He says, from now on, you'll have no feet. You're going to drag yourself in the sand. So now you have an enemy that has no arms and no feet. What's the only thing he uses? His lies, his words. So the only way that the devil could beat you up and win is if you believe his lies. So you're going to have to learn to say, devil, you're a liar. There is no truth in you. You're a father of all liars. Get behind me in the name of Jesus. Get out of my way. And so tonight, we thank the Lord and just start praising God for his goodness in this place. Start giving thanks to the Lord because he wants us to be free. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to have the victory. He doesn't want any time, anywhere for a devil to scare you out of the purpose of God, scare you out of the, the, the will of God, lead you into destruction by following. Look what it says in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 1, in the last days, many will fall away. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith because they will be listening to lying spirits and doctrines of demons. A lot of people, and, and he's an expert at this, they know how to use and manipulate. They know how to get you, have you ever heard the term push your buttons? The devil knows how to push your buttons so you walk far from God's purpose. You better make sure God is pushing your buttons. You better be sure that it's the Spirit of God that's leading you in truth. Because it could be that if you follow seductive spirits, that you will fall away. You will depart from the faith. If you listen to that voice, nobody loves me, nobody cares, I'm part of nothing. Verse 2. Speaking lies and hypocrisy having your conscience not being able to hear anything. You know, it's it's a serious problem when you don't hear the Spirit of the Lord. I mean, could you imagine what the Spirit of the Lord would be telling you? Don't quit. Don't give up. God's faithful. God is true. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, you're going to be so excited. There are no pity parties. You won't be deceived and lied to. Verse 3. Forbidding to marry, abstaining from foods, God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. I went to Colombia, and this girl was dying of cancer, and she says, I can't eat this food, I can't eat that food because I'm going to get cancer. I said, no, stop being disobedient and rebellious and eat all you want. Because your illness, your infirmity is not because you're eating foods, it's because you're walking in a wrong attitude. You're super proud. You're super rebellious. You're super disobedient. So we want to walk in the right spirit. And one of the things that 
that I was able to be blessed by hanging out with men of God who the Spirit of God is upon, like Daniel. The Spirit of God is upon you. You'll be wise. You'll walk with boldness. You'll walk with courage. It'll be a different spirit. They say that Daniel has a, the Spirit of the living God on him. David says, I'm not going to come to you with a, with a spear and a sword. I'm going to come against you by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to come with you in a different spirit. So make sure no other spirit gets on you and uses you. Father, we give you thanks tonight for your goodness. We give you thanks, Lord, that we will never forget October 31st, 2012, because you were faithful, Lord, in shedding light, Father God, into the spirit world, that you have crowned yourself as the king of glory, the king of king, the Lord of lords, and you have invited us to sit upon your throne, a place of government and authority, to command evil spirits, to cast them out in Jesus' name, to be able to walk in the power of your spirit, O oh God. And we give you thanks for your peace and your mercy. Allow us to walk out this truth and the opportunities that we have in the days to come. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says amen, amen and amen. Say hi to one another. There's food back in the cafeteria. You guys go ahead and hug one another. And say hello to one another. The Spirit alone. Hallelujah.